the Torah, the vessel for the voice of the soul. There is a general principle in the Kabbalah that no light may be attained without its appropriate vessel. So, although it is true that we are surrounded by the infinite light of God at all times, we cannot sense God's light if we do not have the appropriate vessel with which to receive it. The light of God not only surrounds us, but is also to be found within ourselves. The Kabbalists have taught that our essence is the same as God's essence, just like the essence of a stone is the same as that of the mountain from which it has been quarried. The only difference being that the mountain is the whole and the stone is a part. So our soul within us is of the same essence as that of God's. However, even though our soul is within us, we cannot sense it directly or even imagine it. Rabbi Ashlag writes in the Mavola Zohar, the prologue to the Zohar, that the divine providence has arranged things such that we cannot know any essence directly, just as in the same way we cannot perceive any light without a vessel for the light. So we have to ask ourselves, what is the appropriate vessel through which we may come to appreciate the soul, that part of God within us? How can we relate to the soul? How can we come into affinity of form with the soul, which implies devekut or unity with it? The Zohar states that the Torah, the soul and God are one. It also states that God is hidden in the Torah. The Torah is thus a vessel for the soul, for God. We need to explore this further. We should certainly ask, what does the Torah consist of? How do we approach it? And in what way does the Torah differ from other bodies of knowledge? The sages of the Mishnah teach us in the Ethics of the Fathers that the way that the Torah is acquired is through the cultivation of 48 virtues. These are described as follows. Torah is greater than the priesthood or sovereignty. For sovereignty is acquired with 30 virtues, the priesthood with 24, and Torah is acquired with 48 qualities. These are study, listening, verbalizing, meditating in one's heart on the learning, going deeply into the content, or fear of being separated from God, humility, joy, serving the sages, revising the material with one's contemporaries, debating with one's students, tranquility, study of the scriptures, study of the Mishnah, minimising sleep, minimising talk, minimising pleasure, minimising gaiety, minimising engagement in business, slowness to anger, good-heartedness, faith in the sages, and acceptance of suffering. It continues. Knowing one's place, satisfaction with one's lot, being careful with one's words, not taking credit for oneself, beloved by others, loving God, loving humanity, 
loving righteousness, loving rebuke, loving honesty, fleeing from honour, not taking pride because one is learned, reluctance to hand down rulings, participating in the burden of one's fellow, judging him to the side of merit, correcting him, bringing him to a peaceful resolution of his disputes, deliberation in study, asking and answering, listening and illuminating, learning in order to teach, learning in order to do, asking penetrating questions of one's teachers, exactness in conveying a teaching, and when you say something, you say it in the name of the one who taught you. Now, if we were to compare this list with the usual requirements for learning anything, we can certainly see it's vastly different. To attain knowledge in any other field, we would list intelligence, application, diligence, revising the material, listening to, to the teacher, going over problems or questions, and so forth. But our virtues in our interpersonal relationships, our humility, our fear of God, our goodness to others, and other such factors would not be considered relevant. Why we need these other virtues is because the Torah is the wisdom handed down to Moses on Mount Sinai and is not just a vessel for knowledge, it is a vessel for the light of the essence of God, the light which is consonant with our soul. So although the attributes of intellectual learning are useful when we learn Torah, on their own they are not enough. In a remarkable article that Rabbi Boch Ashlag writes on the nature of Torah, he quotes the rabbinic saying, Believe the wisdom of the nations. Don't believe the Torah of the nations. Following the system of his father, the great Kabbalist, the Baal Sulam, Rabbi Boch Ashlag instructs us to look at this phrase as if it applies entirely to ourselves. The nations within us refer to the aspects of our ego which expresses itself in many different ways. Another term for the ego is the will to receive oneself alone. This separates us from the Creator because of the opposition of form between them, God's desire being only to give benefit. A key desire of the ego is the desire for the acquisition of knowledge. Therefore, as the sages say, believe the wisdom of the nations. The wisdom of the nations referring to the knowledge we acquire for the sake of our ego. Yes, the ego can acquire knowledge. But the sages go on to say, don't believe the Torah of the nations. Don't believe that the nations, that is the ego, can acquire Torah because it can't. The ego cannot acquire Torah because the aspect which makes Torah unique is the light of God which is hidden in the Torah and that cannot be received through our ego. In other words, if we approach Torah as simply knowledge, we will only get the outer aspect of Torah. We do not get the essence of Torah, because through our ego alone we cannot get its essence, which belongs to a completely different paradigm. Rabbi Ashlag refers to these two aspects of the Torah as the garments of the Torah, referring to the knowledge of the Torah, and the one who wears the garments, referring to the light of God within the Torah. Now, the garments of the Torah is the knowledge of the Torah. But as we've seen, if we attain knowledge just through our ego of the Torah, we still can't make that into a vessel. 
And the answer is, is we need to look at our intention. Why do we want to obtain the knowledge of the Torah? If we want to do it just to get ourselves more information or to be bigger or better or something, or in order to get a good place in the world to come, these are all serving the ego. But if we yearn for the knowledge of the Torah because we want a closer relationship with God, because we want to make amends for past mistakes, because we want to carry out his commandments, and because we recognize the importance in our lives, then indeed the knowledge of the Torah will become a garment for the wearer of the Torah. Now we can see why the passage from the Ethics of the Fathers emphasized our virtues and our positive qualities when learning the Torah, because it is through doing good deeds and mitzvot in actual practice that we create the vessel for the light of God. We cannot correct our ego except through the actual practice of the mitzvot, which we learn through the Torah. As we correct our ego, we obtain a deeper connection and become more awake to the voice of our soul. Here is a description from the Perusha Sulam on the Zohar, and the way that Tzaddik, the one who fulfills Torah mitzvot for the sake of giving satisfaction to the Creator, is in contact with his soul. Zohar, first volume. As it is written, Bless God, O His angels. Psalm 103. This refers to the people who practice the Torah. They are called God's angels on earth. And this is in accordance with the scripture, and birds will fly over the earth. Genesis chapter 1. Pei Sulam, Rabbi Yehuda Lev Ashlag's explanation on the Zohar. Bless God, O his angels, his mighty warriors, who do his word and then understand his word. The sages have explained this verse's meaning, first carry out God's command and then understand God's command. Normally, a person is not capable of carrying out any mission unless he understands what the one sending him on the mission is telling him to do. However, this is not so regarding the angels. They perform their mission before they understand or comprehend what it is that the one, may he be blessed, has commanded them. The reason is that God's will governs them, and they do not have anything that forms a barrier between themselves and the will of God, and therefore they are drawn after God, just as a shadow is drawn after a person. Thus we find that the angels perform their mission before they understand it. The Selhar states that the people who occupy themselves with Torah for its own sake draw to themselves a nefesh from the framework of holiness. Thus we find that their substance, even though they are of this world, transforms to be like that of the angels on high, with the carrying out of God's work preceding their understanding. They carry through God's commandments with all perfection, before they grasp what it is they are doing, as they are drawn after God as a shadow is drawn after a human being. This is similar to what happens when the wind blows dust into someone's eyes. He shuts his eyelids quickly as a reflex, before it registers in thought. One finds that the action, that is the shutting of the eyes, always precedes the awareness and thought of the approaching dust. This is what the Zohar is saying regarding those people who are practicing the Torah for its own sake. They are called his angels on earth. Even though they are of this earth, their body, their will to receive, has become like that of the angels on high, and their doing precedes our understanding. They are not ruled by their intelligence in carrying out God's mitzvot perfectly, but they do the mitzvah completely before they have managed to become aware with their thought of what they are doing, just like the closing of eyelids against the dust that precedes the thought. 
Therefore, these people are designated as being God's angels on earth. This is what the Zohar says. In the future, the Holy Blessed One will make them wings like eagles to roam throughout the world. As it is written, and those who hope for the Lord will renew their strength, receiving wings like eagles. So we can see from this beautiful passage that the tzaddik, the one who is able to put Torah and mitzvot into practice, not for his own sake, but for the sake of God, is able to hear the sound of his soul so clearly. A person doesn't arrive at being a tzaddik all in one go. It's step by step, slowly, slowly, by listening, by studying, by trying to put into practice the virtues we spoke about and the words of the Torah, which is the divine wisdom handed down to us by God to Moses on Mount Sinai, and from Moses to the prophets, and from the prophets and the sages right down to our own generation, so that we ourselves, through the medium of the Torah, will be able to hear the sound of the soul and understand how to act in accordance with it. This audio recording is brought to you from Nahorah School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Nahorah School online. Details at www.nahorahschool.com or www.nahorahpress.com.